3: When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Everything about this moment in history seems uniquely designed to challenge our mental health. We are suffering, we need answers, and we need help. That's why I'm so thrilled to be partnering with Sound Mind Live and Consequence of Sound to host their new podcast series, Going There. I'm Dr. Mike Friedman, clinical psychologist and life coach. With Going There, I will talk with musicians who struggle with their mental health, just like us. After all, mental illness affects us all and the same artists who have stepped up to share their wonderful work with us are now sharing the intimate details of their journey in living with mental illness. We are going to ask the tough questions, and we're going to have the difficult conversations, all so that we can learn from each other. But more importantly, to shine a light on the difficult topic of mental illness so that we can all come out of the darkness and get the care we need. So we hope you join us on this journey. Going there
2: Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast Stardom is within your reach.
0: I'm Lior Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
2: Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making your way here, uh, checking out this series. Hopefully you like what you hear enough to uh, subscribe. Uh, You can uh, find us at anywhere you get podcasts from. That does include iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, and YouTube, where you can usually find the video versions of these interviews as well. We put out three brand new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with all of your favorite favorite artists, discover some new ones and know what's happening in the music world. I'm Kyle Meredith and today my guest Martin Gore of Depeche Mode, one of my all-time favorite bands. He's got a a brand new solo release out called The Third Chimpanzee. We're going to talk about this theme of bridging primates to humans uh, and as it's an instrumental record, having these uh having these non-lyrical songs uh, speak for something. Of course, you don't have to think too hard to, uh, to find uh, a thread about what's been happening uh, over the last four years and the panic that, uh, and anxiety that a lot of people have had as to what he's talking about with uh, the difference in primates and, and humans. But beyond these big heady themes, we're also... I, I want to ask him about being on the forefront of electronic music and his uh, thoughts on AI songwriters. And along that line, Depeche Mode recently made Soundwave art of their songs. So we'll get the details on that as well as the remixes that are on the way from this set. So let's get into it, talking about the third chimpanzee. It's Kyle Meredith with Martin Gore. Hi, Kyle. It's a pleasure to talk to you today. Uh, I, I should throw out the compliments right away. The third chimpanzee. Uh, it's it's beautiful. It's it's scary. It's hypnotic, <laughs> <laughs> and all in just a few songs. Uh, congratulations on this.
0: Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, it's been uh, it was a. Uh... A fun use of my time during this uh, this lockdown.
2: Well, it's got an interesting kind of concept, and I I thought we'd actually just start there, because you know these this is an instrumental uh, record, but um, it it does sort of have a a theme going to it, right? Yeah, it,
0: it kind of gradually evolved that that theme because I recorded Howler first, and that was even before the pandemic hit, so I already had a demo finished of that, and it had this. Uh, it had some vocals that I recorded on it that I manipulated and resynthesized and they came back sounding, you know, more like a monkey to me than than a than, than a human. So I decided to call that track Howler and didn't think much more of it. Uh but then when we went in to lock down and and uh was stuck at home all the time and I didn't feel particularly creative lyrically, I thought maybe it would be fun to actually record some instrumentals i always feel like i can write music much more much easier than i can lyrics especially when you when you don't have much going on hmm. <laughs> so i the, the second track i worked on was mandrill and after i'd recorded a few parts i actually thought oh maybe it would be interesting to carry on this concept of recording kind of vocal parts for each track and manipulating them so i did that again and then decided to 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 name that after a different monkey, and did that for the whole uh, for all of the tracks. And then when it came time to name the EP, I remembered the book that I'd read ages ago when it came out by Jared Diamond. At the time, it was called The Rise and Fall of the Third Chimpanzee, which is about humans. So I thought it would be it would fit nicely with the concept to call it The Third Chimpanzee and kind of blur the lines between monkeys and humans. And then the, uh, then, then, I, then I had the, I, I think the, the, the stroke of genius for the whole project was remembering that monkeys can paint. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I had, you know, Googled and eventually found Pockets Warhol, who's up in a sanctuary near Toronto in, in Canada, and, um, uh, you know, reached out to the sanctuary and asked them, told them who I was and, and asked them if they 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 thought they that uh, pockets would be interested in doing the artwork for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it's so cool. I mean just seeing that I, I wasn't aware of that. I'm not surprised um that that, you know, we have monkeys that can paint. Uh, but but seeing how that all tied together, like there's a lot to unpack in everything you just said right there. And I'll kind of back up to the beginning here because uh, you know, this starts out again as just an instrumental record, as as you said, not really being inspired for the lyrics. Yet here we have, you know, songs with no words, and they ended up saying quite a lot of things. Do you go into writing songs like this, instrumentals needing to find a way to make them speak, or do you find that that happens naturally? I don't know if that happens all the time, but I think that so much has happened over the last
0: few years that um, maybe, you know, I, I, without being explicit, I felt like I, I should try and say something, and you know, sometimes it does feel like devolution is happening.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely, I agree with
0: you. So, um, so I, I, you know, I, I think that it, that it was a. I think it's a something that's fitting for the times.
2: Well, that that's interesting. You know, that I'll only touch a little bit uh, on, on your other life with Depeche Mode, but that is interesting because this comes sort of the next thing after "Where's the Revolution," you know, which. Um, You know, I I know back then you guys were talking about it It was a little tongue in cheek, but I took it as a rallying cry. I mean, it was very inspirational to me. So hearing that you'd kind of, in this interesting way again, using something that has no words to say, sort of like we read between the lines. None of us are stupid. We know what's happening in the world. You know, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's. I mean, that's yeah. yeah, It's that that feels natural, I guess.
0: Yeah, it, it it does. I mean, the you know the the last album was you know kind of. Uh, political. Quite, a, quite a few of the tracks were, you know, I mean, it, similar sort of theme. Really going backwards. I, I felt like, yeah, even though I wasn't
2: writing lyrics, I should try and say something. When, when you have a song like this, like a lot of your stuff, whether the lyrics are there or not, ends up being sort of cinematic. Like it, it's easy to conjure up some, you know, this would be a great score to a sci-fi movie. In a way, do, do you see pictures or movies when you're writing stuff like this? I, I, I it's funny. I was just talking
0: to somebody. Today about this, and um, they were saying that it, it does sound like a sci-fi movie. But at, the t- at this moment in time, it feels like we're we're actually living through a, a nightmarish sci-fi film, anyway. So maybe that's what I'm tapped into.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but even with the uh, the book, you know, with it with the rise and fall of the third chimpanzee, I, I, I've never read the book, and you know, I don't quite know what it is. It it does feel like it can start speaking a little bit, and that sort of genre um just from what i'm gathering i i like is that is that at least a genre i'm talking about sci-fi that that you've been into because even in the depeche mode stuff like it works for that well i I was actually wondering if it was kind of a cyclical relationship in that way Uh, yeah well the rise and
0: Fall of the third chimpanzee isn't sci-fi it's uh it's a scientific book but no i think that you know even if you go back to my last album that I put out, MG, I think that was quite uh, cinematic as well. I mean, I think it's, when you're writing instrumentals, maybe it's, um, you know, you, you've got to capture an atmosphere, really, especially if, they, if there are no words. I think there's got to be something about them that, that kind of like grabs the listener. And uh, yeah, maybe the, maybe the easiest way to do that is by, by kind of giving them a, a cinematic quality.
2: Like I can enjoy the adventure of these songs, even without knowing exactly what you meant for them which has got to be what, I guess, a lot of songwriters, you know, hope for, you know, that personal connection that the listener kind of carries away.
0: Yes, yeah, that, that's, uh, I mean, yeah, the, a connection. I've always said that. That's the uh, that's the, the main thing you hope for as a songwriter. You need to connect with an audience. You know, somebody has to feel something. It doesn't necessarily have to be exactly what you felt when you, when you wrote it, but it but they but they should you know feel something
2: well again it, it is it feels like a perfect little piece for the moments you know the news is on my tv most of the day you know as i'm watching everything unfold and this does seem like some sort of weird soundtrack that <laughs> you know does go along yeah. with it. and and you know and I, I only hit a little bit more on the chimpanzee thing because you know the rise and fall of the third chimpanzee i, I know that's more supposed to be you know the the human side of things but i also think of those 3 the three monkeys you know see no evil, speak no evil, or hear no evil, I think the last one is speak no evil, yeah. and that was to me it's like I, is there any relationship with that right there because the third chimpanzee in that scenario ends up being this sort of speak no evil, and there's no speaking on the record, maybe I'm making a coincidence, <laughs>
0: yeah um i I hadn't really uh thought about that 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 deeply really, but no but. You know, it's like you were just saying about having the, the TV on in the background constantly. It's that that's you know, that's modern life, isn't it? It's like I, I, I had to switch my alerts off, you know, after you know, during the four years of Trump, I, I was living in a constant state of panic, you know, because my alerts were going off like at least, you know, every half an hour to an hour. And, it, and it was, I was always, oh God, what has he done now? <laughs> <laughs> So, so um, you know, or at least tomorrow is the inauguration of, of Joe Biden, and and uh, Trump stops saying that he's won the election because that's such a dangerous thing to keep saying. And let's hope his supporters acknowledge Biden is the
2: president. Tomorrow feels like Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve all wrapped into one. Honestly, and that's uh, that's how I'm looking at it anyway. So, I agree with you. Yes. Yeah. It, it,
0: it we with a little bit of a very scary Halloween mixed in, though.
2: sure, <laughs> absolutely. Because we
0: just don't know after the Capitol building.
2: Who we don't. knows what's going to happen? We don't know. You're right. Yes. Well, um, I'll draw that back to you know, this music. Um, you were on the forefront, really, of of you know electronic music from the very beginning. It, it seems like you know, right from at least the popularity of of I don't know if you'd say the genre, but uh, right there at the beginning. Today, of course, we have computers that can do it all, although luckily, I think sometimes it's nice that people don't seem to have a lot of interest in that. Is that something you anticipated from the early days, that this is what could happen with computerized music? To be honest, no. You know, obviously, we saw uh, electronic
0: music as a way forward and an important way forward for music. You know, we it felt like, you know, rock, um, as we knew it at the time, was coming to its conclusion and it needed to go somewhere uh, music needed to go somewhere uh, and you know there's no way i think we could have predicted the how ubiquitous electronic music is now and how easy it is to make electronic music now and you know i think it's uh, it's a blessing and a curse really you know i think it's a blessing that anybody who wants to can get their ideas down and Make something in their bedrooms reasonably cheaply. Yeah, I think that's amazing and great. And at the same time, it's a curse because there's just so much horrible music being made. (laughs) 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 Yeah, there's some great music being made, but you know, if you put if you put tools in the hands of everybody, yeah, some of it won't be so good. (laughs) So, so, but you know, I mean, I think I I think we I'll, I'll, I'll look at it as a blessing in general.
2: I've quoted this before in other interviews. and I know we've never talked, but uh, it, that makes me think of this thing that um, I think it was Tom Petty. I credit it to Tom Petty anyway, because back in the day before everyone could just record all at once, you really had to hone the song. You know, you had to work on it and work on it and shop workshop it until it was finally ready for a studio because that was so rare to be able to get into that. So, uh, you know, I I, I agree with uh, you know what you're saying there because I think that part of the songwriting art has been lost. There's a lot of first thought, best thought, and then it's out in the world, out of your hands before it can ever be worked on, you know, in that sense.
0: Yes, but but then at the same time, you know, people can, you know, do have the time in their bedrooms to, you know, hone the songs. You know, if you if you want to, you can, you know, you can work on it for a year. You can work on one song for a year if you want, and it doesn't really cost you very much you know it's, uh you know it, it it there's both sides to this
2: well how when you're making that type of music and you've never had a problem with this by the way i'm not putting words in your mouth but but how do you find a way to capture the soul of something that uh, you know conceptually ideally might be cold at the beginning
0: oh that's uh that's that's a, a tough question i think it's uh you know i think it's something that you yeah, I I don't know I think it's someone that you, you're inherently aware of or something I don't know. You know, I think that you know I've been a, a massive fan of music since I was 10 years old and I think you know when you just listen to that much music across all kinds of genres, you know, it's not like I only listen to electronic music. I listen to absolutely everything. I used to be uh like fascinated by gospel music growing up. I used to be fascinated by doo-wop. I used to be, you know, fascinated by by blues music and rock music, everything, you know, music from the 20s, music from the 30s. Um, and, you know, I think that all goes in and it goes into a, a blender in your head. And uh, somehow, I think it, it comes out and it hopefully will be interesting when it comes out because you've, you've put um, a lot of um, learning into what is, what you feel is good that goes into the blender.
2: <laughs> Luckily, it's always come out. I mean, you've written so many classics throughout the years, but you're still finding new things to do with them. I mean, since we're sort of on this AI subject, I was what was I reading about sound wave uh Sound art of uh, of Depeche Mode songs?
0: Yeah, well, um, there, well there, 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 there's an artist. I think I'm not. I can't remember where he's from. I think he might be in Austin or somewhere and uh, he's done some sound wave art and it was for a a friend of mine really who who runs a charity called notes for notes and they 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 have studios around the country i think they've got like 25 or so now in different cities around america and they provide uh you know tuition and studios for you know um anyone for free you know uh, who wants to go in and learn for, for kids you know not not for adults for kids and uh so yeah, the the, the sound wave art was for that really. I just signed a bunch of it, and and the band has signed a bunch of it before as well. And they sell it for for charity. Yeah,
2: such a cool way to you know uh, a three dimensional version of the song. I guess it's uh it's that stuff's really really interesting. What you all have been doing, and and you know it's interesting how we're talking about the contradiction of that, and then the artwork for this one, as you said, which actually has. You know, a monkey painting it, you know, it's that's it's so I guess the, the two sides of that coin.
0: Yeah. Well, what you mean, one being so kind of like technological and the other one so primitive in
2: a way, kind of. Right. It's just interesting that they kind of arrive yeah. at the same time.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, the, I, I think that the, the artwork for this looks amazing.
1: Hmm.
0: I mean, I, I saw the vinyl for the first time um, a few days ago and it just looks amazing on vinyl. Yeah, I think the whole package looks really good, actually.
2: No, for the pictures, very seeing, pleased with it. Yeah, um, I'll wrap up. You know, you of course have a long tradition of the remixes. Are there going to be other versions of these Champions Z tracks right here? Are we going to get remix versions of these too? Yeah, we um, we we asked uh, ten different people
0: to do remixes because usually you ask more than ask for more remixes than you need. You know, expecting that some of them you might reject because they're not as as, they didn't turn out the way you expected and uh, they all came back and they're all really good and i think they're all outstanding so at some point i don't know exactly how we're going to do it i think they will some of them will will definitely be released digitally first but at some point i think they'll definitely be coming out on cd and vinyl as well anybody that you can say who did
2: it yet or is that still under wraps I think it should
0: still be under wraps at this point okay. because I don't know exactly when the first tracks are going to hit, you know, digitally even. So, yeah, maybe a bit early.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Well, I certainly do enjoy the music that you're doing, Martin. And, uh, you know, w- with your solo stuff, with, with Depeche Mode, um, I was listening to Dream On the other day. It's one of my all-time favorite songs. I mean, you continue to amaze me, you know, in the past and in the present. Uh, I can't wait to hear what's next. Thank you so much for all that you've done.
0: Oh, All right. Thank you
2: very much. Thanks. And uh, we'll see you around. Thank you so much for the conversation.
0: Yes, we'll see you
2: in the real world soon. All right, take care. Bye. <laughs> see you, thanks. Now, since Martin and I kind of referenced the uh, the last Depeche Mode record called Spirit, I'm going to include here as a bonus interview uh, me talking with uh, Andrew Fletcher of Depeche Mode. It was that album that we were talking about, Spirit, and its uh, political leanings. We also got to discuss some of the stories behind uh, No More and Scum and the lead single Where's the Revolution, as well as the uh, preparations for that tour that was happening. So uh, part two of Kyle Meredith with Depeche Mode.
1: Hi, Kyle. How are you, Andy? Yeah, good,
2: thanks. It's um, a really big honor to talk to you. I've been a fan for a long time, and I really love this new record spirit. Thank you. You guys have outdone yourself once again, and at this point in the game, that is always impressive.
1: We try our our hardest.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And let's start with the the obvious things. Uh, You know, I know what everyone's saying about this record, with it being sort of, you know, the political side of things, even though I know it wasn't completely written with that in mind. But given the content... Did you all know what you were going to be, you know, singing about, talking about, relating about uh, when you went into the sessions in the first place?
1: Yeah, I think we thought that the uh, the political situation was pretty bad. But then, of course, we didn't know what was coming, you know. So we've released this record now and, you know, you've got Brexit in, in Britain, you've got Trump as president. You know, the situation politically is much more... Is much worse, really, mm-hmm. than, than when, when we were writing the album. Do the
2: songs change for you after the election, the way it went? Because, obviously, when we heard it as fans, that's the first things that we thought of, even though these songs were written long before that. Uh, did they, did they re- change for you as well?
1: No, they didn't. I mean, to be fair, Trump was just, had just announced his candidacy when Martin was uh, writing, although he never thought that Trump would actually win it. (laughs) We've done an album like this before, our third album, Construction Time Again. And, you know, we write songs in general about politics, but we usually use analogies like sex or religion, you know, to get the message across when, when this is a lot more direct. I mean,
2: especially, I mean, the first time I heard of it, you hear a song like "Scum," and you know it's—it's it's like there is no hiding what we're talking about here, you know. And, and 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 geez, you can just go down most of the track list, and you don't even have to hear the song. Just looking at the lyrics themselves, I mean, it is your most direct album th- that I can recall uh, ever, which is. You has know, no, it's,
1: be. it's good that you know when we're sort of in our fifties. When we should be relaxing, and you know, we, you know, we, we, we've always written songs about the world we live in, and uh, like I say, this is a bit more direct. It's it, it's pretty much carries on from, from what we've been doing all our career.
2: You know, with David and Martin living in the U.S., you're still in in England, right? Yeah. So they're seeing it from the American side, and you're seeing it from, I guess, you know, the Brexit side and and, and the Britain side. And, and well, they Americans were very are. angry
1: about brexit as well yeah
2: well i'm sure and, yeah. and i was too and i've never been
1: there <laughs> yeah. i mean it's um i mean yes they i mean dave is much more political in america than he was in england and, and 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 martin as well i think was is definitely more political than he was in england brexit for you know if you remember that it was virtually a 50 percent votes hmm you know, it's, it's crazy that a major constitutional change should be made, you know, by 100,000 votes. You know.
2: I, do under, I do get it, though, with art, I would feel, and I haven't been a musician for a while now, you, you, it seems like you need a stone to push against. And while none of us would wish this would happen on the world, it seems like it does allow for you guys to push up against something to get the best art. And, and maybe your producer, I know, working with James Ford, did he offer some of that too, giving you some uh, a bit of a challenge?
1: Well, James and myself were slightly worried in the beginning with the uh, song content, the political um, aspects. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as, a, as we recorded, you know, the situation was evolving all the time. So we swung round to actually thinking, yeah, this is the right way to go.
2: Yeah. What were your concerns?
1: Well, you know, when sometimes you get bands that are political bands, you've got to be very careful you, that you're not uh, stung. You know, I think the good, why we can get get around it is, cause it's not as if every one of our albums is like this. You know, so it's a real surprise.
2: It's also nice how it's worded because it's almost like a question with a lot of these things a challenge even it's not that you guys are so much planting the flag down although again i'll reference scum maybe as a time you are but but a lot of like where's the revolution you know like i understand like that's that's
1: it's a bit (laughs) tongue-in-cheek i mean we don't expect a revolution it's just a bit of tongue-in-cheek
2: other songs on here too like uh no more one of my favorites from the record it really feels like it has that classic Depeche Mode sound.
1: That is the more classic Depeche yeah. Mode on that track.
2: How did that one come about, and is there any story behind it uh, for yourself, too?
1: Not, re- not really. It's, um, it's one of Dave's songs. You know, he came in with a, a few demos, and that was changed quite a lot uh, from his original demo. And the t- his two other s- songs on the album, Poison, was uh, just as he just the same as the demo really you know? mm-hmm. but uh, Cover Me that really changed, changed a lot I that's uh, one of my favourite uh, songs on the album
2: I was actually going to ask if there were any real standout moments from the sessions for you. Your, know,
1: for I your... really like Scum it's the, it's the weirdest rhythm in fact we're not playing it live because we're not sure if it can be played live <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a shame
1: it's uh, some weird beat
2: Speaking of the tour, what are the preparations like for this tour? I mean, what are the what are the plans going like? What's
1: we don't know what. next week when we go to Stockholm, we'll actually see the set for the first time and see all the films that Anton Corbijn has been making. He, we put a hundred percent trust in him. Wow,
2: that is a lot of trust. Uh,
1: so it's going to be like the unveiling. I always tell a a similar story uh, when we one of our earlier tours when we were doing our production rehearsal rehearsals in Pensacola, and when we walked in, all the lights were on, and our stage set looked like Stonehenge <laughs> in Spinal Tap.
2: So there's always that
1: fear when we walk in next week into the venue in Stockholm that we'll get the same shock.
2: <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't play out like the rest of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> What about yourself personally? I mean, you've been touring you know, most of your life at this point, but I know as you get older, it, it, it changes the preparations. Do you have to go any through any rigorous workouts, you know, campaigns for yourself? Well,
1: funny, funny you should say that. I've lost about 30-odd pounds, and I didn't do that for the tour. I just started walking every morning for about four or five miles, so I'm in pretty good shape. Oh, wow. um,
2: Congratulations. The other guys
1: are very fit as well.
2: Yeah. That's a pretty nice place to be, right there.
1: You know, as you get older, you know, traveling around does become a bit harder. Uh, the concerts are fine, so you you really have to be in the days when we used to party all the time. You know, you you couldn't do that now and and give a hundred percent performance. So
2: thank goodness you've uh, you've got to jump on it <laughs> as it goes. Well, uh, again, I seriously love this record. It is up there, probably a top five Depeche Mode record for me. I love that you guys are doing it. Not every band is able to pull this off. You know, if you, what do they say, art? You get good, 10 good years in art. And you yeah. guys have far exceeded that. So,
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's a complete dream come true for us. You know, we only expected to be around for a few years. And uh, here we are now still making good music. We've got lots of fans out there waiting for us. You know, it's a great feeling.
2: Well, I'm appreciative of it as well. Uh, and I'll say in closing, um, apropos to none of that, once a year I love to go to YouTube and watch the TV performance of Just Can't Get Enough when you all were just kids. <laughs> and it makes me so happy every time I see that.
1: Can I just point out that in those videos that just started... Uh-huh. and no one really knew what to do with them. And we were only about 18 or 19 at the time. <laughs> oh, you can
2: tell. I mean, you look 14 and 15, so yeah.
1: <laughs> That's one of the better ones, early ones.
2: Oh, it it really yeah. is a joy to watch. It really is.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
2: <laughs> All right, uh, I appreciate right, the Carl. call. Take care. Bye-bye. Right, bye. And again, my thanks to Martin Gore. The, uh, the brand-new record is called The Third Chimpanzee. Big thanks to you as well, for checking out this series, before you get out, please do hit that subscribe button so you can uh, uh, keep up with all of the interviews that we put out every single week. Again, it's uh, three brand new ones every week, so great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists. Subscribe at uh, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcast, at uh, YouTube, Acast, or wherever you like to get your podcast from. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, It's a song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Again, uh, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of them, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along there as well. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time.